Tim Cahill. Oh, what a response. A sensational volley. It's Lionel Messi. He scored. The goal the world wanted. Towards Suarez. Who puts Uruguay ahead? Wouldn't you just know it? He's back. Here's Jan. Chance as a merchant. Well, hello everyone, and a very happy Friday morning to you all. My name is Joseph Esposito, and I'll be your host for this. That is our quarterfinal preview show, our quarterfinal special. And uh, I'm joined here uh, today by Oliver Lamont. Oliver, how are you, my, my friend? Good, mate. Good. I'm, um, I'm G'd up for this. It's uh, crunch time in the tournament, we're at the business end now. So, um, you know, we're expecting some, some exciting results. I don't know about you, but um, I'm up for a big weekend. Oh, mate, most definitely, most definitely. I know I know where I'm spending most of my time this weekend. Now, unfortunately, Steph's not here tonight, but that is okay. We will soldier on as per usual, as we do every week. Um, we but do. yes, mate, I, I must agree. I'm extremely excited. You know, it's it's the, there's always an excitement around this, this this period of the World Cup, but also a bit of sadness because, you know, we, we know we're through the bulk of the games. and um, But, you know, I guess this is where, you know, the real talent and the, you know, legends are born in, the, in, uh, in these uh, sort of, you know, when we get this deep into competitions, especially the greatest competition of them all. So without further ado, um, for everyone listening here, this will be only, this will probably be about a 30, 30 to 40 minute show, which will be perfect, absolutely perfect for your bus ride, your car ride into work, um, you know, and hopefully get you a little bit excited and maybe, you know, even pose a few questions for yourself. You can ask your friends and, you know, maybe people you listen with, you know, when you're sitting around watching the games this weekend. So without further ado, uh, I will... Me, me and Ollie will talk about two games each. Um, and so to kick it off, I'll be looking at... Well, we, we will be. I'll be leading the way. Um, a very uh, exciting, very a very, uh, I guess, a match that's a, a clash of, of systems and styles of play. And that is in, of course, uh, the first fixture uh, of the round of... Well, we at last eight now, the round of eight, or the quarterfinals, of course. Uh, Uruguay versus France. Now... Ollie, Talk to me. what are your initial thoughts going into? I'm, I'm not asking for a prediction. Um, in terms of the the way this game will be played, you know, what are your initial thoughts around you know the styles of play between Uruguay and France? Mm, I think for France, it's just more of the same. Um, they they demonstrated um, you know a real t- attacking threat against Argentina with some with some prime finishing on the end of it. Um, so I think Deschamps will just encourage his, his boys to go out and, and do more of the same. Um, they they will have a tougher job up against um, you know, a solid defence line in, in Jimenez and Godin. You know, Godin is just an absolute monster at the back. Um, so I think it'll it'll take something special from from the French attack to get past him. Um, but, you know, that's not to say that the French don't have something special. I think Kylian Mbappe came out with probably the performance of the um, tournament in my eyes so far, barring Cristiano Ronaldo's um, you know, group stage hat-trick. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think Uruguay... I think that Uruguay will play to their strengths, being their, their defence line. I think it'll come down to how quickly Uruguay will be able to transition from that back... Um, and get the ball up towards Cavani and, and Suarez and let them do their thing up front because obviously, um, you know, probably the most attack, deadly attacking duo in the whole of the tournament, um, probably from the start, um, you know, and, and looking at Cavani's 
you know, first goal set up by Suarez, an absolute world-class cross, and, and that's what they bring to the to the, to that front line there. Um, but I I think the missing key for Uruguay is is in that midfield. But in terms of style of play, Uruguay will usually do whatever it takes to to get the win over their opponent. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if, if things for sure. sort of don't go to plan for them, what what they bring to the table then and, and the different tactics. Um, but for France, just more of the same, really. Um, what about yourself? Yeah. Okay, well, look, I guess it is, um, you know, it, it is only, you know, recent news that it, it looks like Cavani will, will not be playing at all. Um, I don't know if you, if you knew, um, but yeah, he is in major doubt. I believe uh, uh, Rami, one of the centre-backs today for... Uh, for France, actually came out and said that it would be a a, a, a medical miracle, uh, he quoted. Um, so he's missed three consecutive sessions this week with a calf injury that actually saw him off uh, in the 74th minute. So got, that that would definitely be their biggest blow. Um, but for France, you know, in the same in the same breath, they they will be missing a, a Blaise Matuidi, um, who is suspended. Uh, so I think that two sides have lost two pretty big players there. Uh, maybe more so um, for Uruguay, but I think uh, Suarez will, in my opinion, thrive just that bit more. And um, look, before I get your, uh, before I get your prediction, uh, I'm going to give mine because I said uh, this week, and it was in a post that was put out today uh, by Steph, I believe, uh, that that I think that Uruguay are going to win. Right now, I know that may shock you, Ollie. I don't know. Um, I don't know if that if that shocks you or not. It doesn't shock uh, me. I um I just disagree with it. <laughs> yeah, but, well, you know, in all fairness, you know, Uruguay do possess some serious quality, so I, I can't yeah. really strongly argue against. But um, yeah, for sure. You know, continue. Well, look, I will um, so my my expert opinion, uh, from watching look from watching Uruguay play in the last three tournaments, I guess that's you know, with my age and everything, and that's you know when I really started watching this team and. Uh, things that I've assessed in their game, and it's very much uh, uh, similar this time in this tournament, and that is that this Uruguayan side, they love to drag teams into a scrappy game of football and trust their defence, i.e. Diego Godin, and their quality up top, which this time around will only be Luis Suarez. And I think uh, you can agree with me here, Ollie, is that France won't like that at all. Um, as you said you know, just earlier, that France, you know, you said more of the same, and more of the same for France in this tournament has been free-flowing football. Um, which is, you know, credit to N'Golo Kante uh, and and Pogba as well, who have allowed them to do that and, you know, get the ball into Mbappe's feet and, you know, Griezmann's feet. And, um, you know, let, you know Mbappe loves to run for days and that's what they've done. That's where they've been clinical at. I saw, you know, we saw their first goal in that last, in that last game against Argentina. You know, Mbappe took the ball, was given way too much time and he just ran through everyone, got a penalty. Now, look, phenomenal... Uh, sorry, Uruguay. I said my word before I said Uruguay. Now... You said that, yes, probably their weakest link is their midfield. In 2010, when they made the semi-final, their midfield wasn't anything special. But they are phenomenal at making the pitch small and are essentially squeezing the life out of teams. And uh, it's that's, for me, Ollie, that's probably one of the biggest reasons why they've only conceded one goal this whole tournament. Mm. So, and that's their thing. You know, you look at, you look at 2010, uh, they made the semis. They only won one game in that in that um, in that tournament, they only won one game by one goal or more. So they love attritional football. They love the fact that they know they have someone clinical up front. And in 2010, they had uh, Diego Forlan, who was the Golden Boot winner. And they love uh, dragging teams to this scrappy game of football. 
And with their players, so you're right, they might not have the you know the highest quality midfield, but they've got players who can run, who can squeeze the life out of it. And you don't need to be an exceptional football player to be able to do that. You know, so yeah. and do you think and they, do you think with Cavani out, does this change? You know, who no. leads this style of grungy football? Does this no. change their tactic? At it all, comes or from do the they... back. No, not at all. For me, not at all, because it it comes from the back. And Diego Godin has been uh, maybe one of the players of the tournament. You know, because he's not scoring goals and everything else, but he's been phenomenal. And that's why I think as well. I think we will watch and witness one of the uh, one of the greatest personal battles um, in not only this cup, in this World Cup, but you know, in the last four or five World Cups. You know, it's just you know, you look at uh, Mbappe. It's just youth against undeniable defensive ability and experience for me. Um, and I think that'll be a phenomenal, um, something phenomenal to watch. It'll be it'll be. Um, It'll be fantastic. I think it's going to be a real scrappy game of football just because that that's that's the only game that I, I, I can only see Uruguay allowing them to play. And if they've only got Suarez up front, so be it. In my opinion, I think he's uh, he's more lethal than uh, Antoine Griezmann. That's nothing against Griezmann. Uh, Griezmann's a world-class player. But um, Suarez is just he's clinical. He rarely, rarely... If he misses one chance, like a first chance... There's not too many times in his career where he's let the second one go, and he is going to get chances in that game, uh, because France's probably biggest weakness is their is their defense, and their defense is still fantastic. But um, look, and I think as well that you know you talk, I'm talking about that that grungy football and that that tight um, you know squeezing the life out of a team football is that the big question is around. Paul Pogba, um, I'll get you. I want to get your thoughts on that, Ollie. But um, you know, I think you know for for Manchester United and his country, he's been scrutinised for years that he disappears in big games and you know he goes missing when you know a lot's on the line and um, there will be a lot of pressure from his nation. Obviously, not just on him, but the whole the whole squad. Uh, you know, obviously, it is an opportunity for him to put all that to bed uh, in a, in a game of this magnitude. But um, I think that. Yeah, Uruguay will just squeeze the life essentially out of the out of out of the French team, and um, you know it's experience over youth, and uh, I think they're going to have way too much experience, and they've been there and done this before, Uruguay, so they know how to beat teams, you know, in games like this, and um, that look not taking anything away from um, from the French side. Look, I know how good they. Are. I think everyone knows how good they are. It would be a disrespect to say that they don't have a chance and that you know they're not going to win. A lot of people will say they're going to win. They've probably got enough, to, you know, enough of an argument to say so. I mean, they've probably been one of the best teams of the tournament, but I just think in this game, uh, I think Uruguay uh, for sure. That's um, it. it's, it's interesting that you you touched on him there before that Pogba, you know, tends to go missing in games. Um, and I think I think he goes missing in games because of the style that that United play, he's given a more structured role and and not given the freedom to play in the midfield and, and be his creative and, and flary self as the French style gives him and, and as well as the quality and speed around him. Um, and, and Bappe stretches that defence and, and opens up the midfield for Pogba to just charge down the middle and, and that's where he's his strongest is when he gets his long legs galloping down the middle so with yep. with Griezmann and, and Bappe either side of him, you know I can see I can see the French re- really opening up Uruguay. I understand that they will play this grungy football, but if that doesn't work, then then I feel like 
France's principles, football principles, are stronger than Uruguay's. And if if they come out of the blocks and, and upset Uruguay, then then mm. Uruguay's game plan goes to goes to shit really quickly. Oh, um, for sure. And they I start mean... losing their heads, and I think I think that's where like the Uruguay team, the the France team, sorry, have enough quality to to play out of it. But I think as mm-hmm. as the game goes along, then that that Uruguay style may upset France. So the, the an early goal for France, I think, is crucial for them. Yeah. Oh, look, don't get me wrong. I think that if Uruguay can't play this football from the get-go, then they'll be chasing the game the whole time. Uh, yeah. Don't get me wrong about that. But look, um, Ollie, I want to get your prediction. Um, who's going to win now? And look, we, we put out a vote. We'll look, we'll look at each vote. You know that we uh, that we asked our, our followers and our listeners via our, our Instagram page at on the bench AU, and sixty-two percent of our votes of the of our our followers' votes went to France uh, with the other 32... Uh, 38, sorry, good maths. Uh, the other 38 going quick to... Uh, yeah, quick math. Uh, um, to Uruguay. Um, so for you, I'll um, get a prediction and a... Yeah, let's go a, a final score. Or how 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 France is going to win this game in terms of do you reckon this will be done by full-time or if, or if Uruguay, I don't know. Uh, you, I know you're leaning, you are leaning towards France, but do you reckon this will be a done in 90 minutes or do you reckon this will be a real fight, 120 minutes, even penalties? I, I think because of the style of game that 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 we're expecting Uruguay to play, I think um, I think there'll be a lot of drama, um, being that that it probably it probably won't go to 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 extra time. I think it'll all be over in the in the 90 minutes. Um, but but wow. where I th- yeah I think I think where it'll be won um, is is definitely that midfield of France um, with Pogba's free roam now and and having that support of of N'Golo covering um, and and just Mbappe's sheer pace um, I think mm. I think he'll have that over um, Godin and Jimenez you know even though it's a it's a huge ask um, I think he's shown his quality and and a real chance to really set himself set sorry set himself on the world stage here and, and put his name in the history books and be this new generation, be the face of this new generation for France. Um, so I think, um, I, oh, I couldn't really give a score prediction, but I'll, I'll try one anyway. Um, I'm going to go a, a, a two, a three, one to France, um, with, you know, kicking off with an early goal. And I think it'll all unravel for Uruguay from there. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, look, as I said, I'm going to go towards, I'm going to lean, uh, Uruguay's way, and I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go one nil Uruguay. Yeah. In I'm gonna go 120 minutes. Okay. So, um, yeah, I reckon if it goes, the, I reckon the longer this game goes, the more it falls. The longer this game goes in a nil all situation or a one all or whatever, you know, in a drawed situation, I reckon that favors um, favors Uruguay because France won't want to let it go to a flip of the coin penalty shootout, and I think that if um. You know, they push for the win. They could leave themselves exposed. Um, but, yeah, look, it could be over for the 90 minutes. So, but look, I'm going to go Uruguay 1-0. And with that, my friend, I will pass it over to you for another ridiculous quarterfinal fixture. Mm. I think, um, yeah, I think this is probably my favourite f- fixture of the um, of the quarterfinals. Um, it's uh, it's probably the most mouth-watering one. Um, we've got Brazil versus Belgium. Um, you know the European style versus that South American flair. You know which one which one is going to come out on top. Um, I guess skimming over Belgium first. Um, you know they 
they almost you know they almost fell to pieces against the Japan except for a, a huge gutsy second half performance and and mm-hmm. all credit to you know a, a solid Marouane Fellaini performance coming off the bench and and grinding out a, a shift in midfield um, you know Roberto Martinez came out and and had a lot of really positive things to say about him you know he's an, he's an effective player he, he's a valuable member to the squad and and you know any any good team would 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 love a member like Fellaini in there in on the team sheet um, <clears throat> so I guess after that um, you know is up against a, a really good technically Brazil side uh, Brazil side um, do, do you think yourself that Fellaini has warranted himself a start? In that no, squad, no way. or no. or is his is his role more of like a Giroud, where he's he's an impact bench player, someone that you bring on when the game needs changing in that sense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I, no way he starts for me, not at all. Um, yeah, you, he is a he is a chaos player, like a Giroud. Uh, even though I think Giroud's going to start for France in that game against Uruguay, but look. Um, yeah, club-wise, Giroud is a chaos player, and I think Fellaini will be the same for Belgium here. If it, if it gets that, you know, if it, if it gets that stage, because they need in that game, you know, going up against a midfield of uh, Coutinho, Fernandinho, and uh, Paulinho, or maybe Casemiro, um, you need ball players in there. You, um, you know, Fellaini's not going to put his foot on the ball and you know direct play. That's not his game. You know, that's why it's a a Witzel potentially. Um, I think. More suited to Dembele, you need a strong, you need a strong uh, ball carrier in that midfield against that midfield um, that that will run and press and tackle and you know play fantastic football and fantastic ball. So no, I don't think that's a game. This is a situation where Fellaini would ever start. You need ball players in there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, you said it before. I think Dembele's had a had a rough time. Um, I I think he definitely deserves to start. I think he's Tottenham's arguably Tottenham's one of their best players um, coming mm. up against Coutinho. Um, he's also played alongside um, Paulinho there as well. So he'll. Oh, he'll... I apologise. Sorry, I apologise. Um, Casemiro isn't playing at all. He's out. I, I just sorry. I just remembered here. You know. Yeah, yeah, no. You know, yeah, no, so he's, he's out um, for two yellow cards. He, he so. copped his second yellow card. So Casemiro is out. Um, so yeah, that's right. Fernandinho um, will slot in. Um, I don't. I don't really think that this Brazil side will miss. Casemiro so much, um, he you know he he's a well look at the quality he, that can slip in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he is a presence at the back, and you know he's a valuable squad member of Real Madrid. And but I think Fernandinho is an is an adequate repla- replacement, if not equal par um, to Casemiro. You know, head you know head on him, experience, quality. Um, so I think that's just a that's an easy fix for Brazil. I, I don't really think they'll struggle there. Um, and another interesting one, um, looking at the predicted lineups, I guess, is that Firmino did um, get himself on the score sheet um, after a little cameo appearance. Um, it seemed seemed to have you know a bit more of an, an impact than Gabriel Jesus is. Do you think that you know? Do you think that that has warranted a start for Firmino, or do you think that Jesus's you know ball playing? Technical ability is better suited to Tite's style up against a you know a, a, this type of Belgium side. Yeah, well, that's all, that's what that's what I don't know. That's what um, look, and I guess anyone that listens knows where my my uh, where my, my loyalties lie, and it surely isn't in Manchester, that's for sure. But look, regardless, you know it. What Jesus has played almost what, three hundred and sixty or almost four hundred minutes or something of uh, minutes of football in this World Cup. And he's had, what, like, two shots on target, mm. and he hasn't scored. Right. Now, 
he's a back-to-goal striker. So is Firmino. Firmino's a bigger player, like size-wise, physically. Jesus isn't a big physical player. Jesus can hold up a ball. Firmino's probably the best... In the Premier League last year, was probably the best back-to-goal striker in the Premier League. I mean, mm. technically, he's sound. Just as... just Oh, excuse me. Just as uh, Jesus is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, Firmino scored. Um, and I guess, look, he's doing all the right things. Look, it wouldn't surprise me if Jesus starts because that's how Tite's gone the whole um, the whole World Cup. And he said that in other games that he's going to start Jesus. But um, I think it definitely warrants a start for Firmino. You know, he's done nothing wrong. He's done everything right as well when he's come on. But maybe that's maybe that's how Tite wants it. Maybe he wants... You know, a smaller little player in there, you know, trying to nip on the end of things and cause a bit of havoc in there. And, you know, maybe near the back end of a game, get a big physical player that can turn a striker, for sure. We know how good uh, Bobby is at holding up a ball and finding his, his wingers and so on. Mm. And, of course, you know, someone that can hit a ball from 20 yards or, you know, get 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 ahead on a ball, you know, on a cross sort of thing. So maybe that's maybe that's his technique. Uh, maybe that's his tactic, sorry, Tite. Maybe something that's been, you know discussed and sorted out prior to this World Cup with uh, Jesus and Firmino because you know he's I think the biggest strength for Firmino in this World Cup is you know sometimes you see players when they come on the be- off the bench and you can tell that they're pissed off or you can tell that they're you know they're annoyed that they're not starting and it sort of shows in their performance where in this World Cup Firmino's come on like he's starting and he looks really confident because he, he knows that he, he this is the the, right now, that's the role that he's playing for the for his country, and I think that's a massive positive having players that, that are just a part of the team and see themselves as a part of the team, not as a mm. bench player, and you know someone that can come and make a difference. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But yeah, look, I wouldn't be surprised if Jesus starts again just because he has all tournament. Another another interesting point that's um you know copped a lot of light in you know recent days is um is Neymar himself um and and not not really because he's. His performances have been incredible, um, and you know he's been right in the forefront of of Brazil's you know fantastic results. But um, something I wanted to quickly get your thoughts on, um, you know, is obviously his his antics, um, you know, these these diving accusations. Um, we saw the the tread on his foot from um, Miguel Leon. Um, you know, was this enough to warrant the the type of reaction that Neymar kicked out? Um, you know, it's it is part of the modern game, you know, this diving. But then, what Neymar did um, a, a couple of days ago against Mexico was, um, you know, was beyond acceptable. Um, so I guess you know he he's really copping a lot of negative light out of this. Um, so do do you think that this is going to hinder hinder his game at all and, and play on his mind? And or or you know, do you think the Belgian players will target him and and try and you know, get a reaction out of him because he, you know, he does when things don't go Neymar's way. You can see him lose his head a little bit. So, do you think that this will have a significant impact on his game, or this is something that he just deals with? It. It's part of his game, and and he'll be able to kick on and just keep putting in, you know, great performances. Yeah, well, I think that um, you know, he kind of summed it up after the game. I don't think Neymar really gives a shit what anyone thinks, like and you know, and we've spoken about this before, Ollie. Like, it's just the way that they are. Like, that's South American football. And, you know, that's just, that's how they carry on. Maybe him, you know, a bit more of an, you know, it's a bit more of an extent. But um, I don't think he gives a shit what anyone thinks, to be honest. And, um, you know, maybe that's his plan. I'm going to go more. You know, I might not get a more, but I'll get, you know, 10 out of 12. And I'll know the shit out of the bloke that's ever, that, that's marking me. And, you know, if I get under his skin enough, you know, he, he'll give me half a yard and half a yard, you know, as we know with Neymar. He doesn't even need half a yard. You know, he needs one eighth of a yard exactly. uh, on someone and he's gone. 
So yeah. maybe that could be, you know, that that's his thing. That's his play. I'm just going to keep doing it. It's like, it's like, you know, a centre-half with a striker. You know, a centre-half getting a striker's ear from a get-go, you know, to, to get him all ravelled, you know, unraveled him sort of thing in his head. Maybe Neymar's like, I'm not going to say anything to anyone, especially the bloke that's marking me, but if he touches me, I'm going to go down. I'm going to annoy him that way, you know, and, and then he'll step off me because he's saying, oh, I'm sick of getting fouled or whatever. Mm. And, um, you know, maybe that could be his play. What do you think? Yeah, look, I think I think you're right. I think the the way that he carries on and how theatrical about it shows that he has no shame in in doing whatever it takes to get a win. No, he just keeps doing country. it, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, Every this game. is this is nothing new from Neymar. This isn't some new new tactic that he's come out with this World Cup. You know, it's it's been part of his game since he was young. Since we've all been watching him from from the younger Santos days, he's he's always loved to flop and and you know. I get, if it works for him, you know he gets the results, and it's it's a shame because it's, you know, it 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 is the most ugly part of the game, and he is one of the most beautiful players in the world. So it's a bit of a contrast and and conflict there. Um, I I wish he wouldn't do it personally. Um, I'd love to see him, you know, show a bit of courage and and true grit and and get a a win in a, you know, a, a more professional manner. Um, mm-hmm. But look, it it's it's part of his game. Um, it's difficult to watch, but at the same time, you have to appreciate how good Neymar is, how good he is for his team, and and how good Brazil are altogether. Um, so I guess you know that that's an, looking at Brazil, um, you know, and now looking at Belgium, um, you know, what well, I I sort of wanted to get your thoughts on Belgium because although they've um, they've well they've won every game in their in the tournament, um, and you know they they've conceded a couple of sloppy goals. Um, you know, two against Japan, nearly blowing them out of the competition. I think they conceded two against Tunisia. Um, so there, obviously, there are some defensive frailties there. Um, as good as they look, you know, moving the ball forward in Hazard and, and Lukaku's in blistering form, um, th- there are significant um, hinderings in their game. Do you think that they've gotten away with it for now and that they'll be punished, um, you know, f- from a, a clinical Brazil? Or that this is something that they can overcome as a team, um, you know, gel together and and you know get a, a dogged result out of you know a, a very mm. good Brazil team. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, um, plain plain and dry. Put simply, as I've said to a lot of people this week that have asked me about this game, if Belgium give Brazil the head start they gave Japan, this game will be over before half time, mm. like done and dusted. Brazil will put them to the sword. Um, and that's the it's the age-old question with this Belgium side, especially in the last two World Cups, because Belgium a long time ago, they they said almost, you know, to hell with our national team. We're going for the future, you know. We're not just going to try and churn out players on a four-year basis. Let's put in, you know, let's implement a 15, 20-year, I don't know exactly how long, however many-year plan. And this is the fruit of their labour in terms of the national setup. And, you know, the development in their youth, this is the cream of the crop. Like, look at their team. Their team's ridiculous. Mm, it's unbelievable. You know, their, team's, their team is unbelievable. Their team is on par with... This This. This team. This team's very capable of putting three goals past Brazil. Very capable. They're very capable of putting, if it's, you know, France, very capable of putting four past France. But now's the crunch time. Now, this is... This, is, this game would probably have to be the most important game in Belgian football of the last 30 years, I don't know, 20, 30 years, mm. because all the money, like all, you know, not, you know, all the money of all the years, you know, the, the, the youth putting it all into their youth, 
as I said, that this is their, you know, this is their cream of their crop, and this is their time to step up and say, nah, we're we're not just a team on paper. We're a team on the field, and we're a team that can win this tournament because no one's talking about them still now. I'm not, you know, I wasn't ever talking about Belgium as 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 winning this tournament because right now, from what they've shown, they haven't given me, they haven't given a lot of people any reason to think they can go and win this tournament. But yeah, I mean, from from front to back, I mean, world class goalkeeper. Their back lines a joke. You know, Vertonghen, Company, all the world. You know, three of the best centre backs in the Premier League. You know, obviously Company's been injured for a while. Carrasco, incredible. Um, like that that midfield that midfield three is stupid. Mm. Like you know, even if you, even if you have um, sorry, I've just forgotten his name. Um, uh, Dembele in there, you know. Witzel, De Bruyne, Hazard, that's a joke. Again, up front, Mertens was incredible for Napoli this year. A big, big reason why they almost won the league. And, of course, Lukaku, you know, that's the thing as well. That's like we are talking about Pogba before in the big games. You know, people like to say, and, you know, they're not wrong to warrant it, that he disappears in big games. Well, now is their chance as a nation, as a team, to step up and say, nah, to hell with this Brazil side. Who, 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 you know, don't give a crap about Neymar. Couldn't give a crap about anyone in this team. Coutinho, who cares? You know, we're the better team. This is their chance to step up and show and, you know, maybe set, you know, set a path for the next three, four World Cups for Belgium that, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm sure their youth still coming through, they're still churning out. I don't know, to, to the top of my head, I don't know who they're churning out in under-18s and so on, but they can set a path right here like Brazil did all those years ago, like Germany did, you know, in the 90s, in the 80s, and like late 80s, early 90s, because barring this World Cup, Germany's been, what, in the last four? You know, they've gone further. They've gone a quarter final or further in like almost all their World Cups, barring obviously this one. But yeah, this is their time, Belgium, hundred percent. And they can, they definitely can go and do it. But it's just, it's just the way they. If they show up, if Belgium shows up, they'll beat this team. But it's a big, big question of if they show up because they showed up against Japan in the sixtieth minute when they were down two 0 That's when they showed up. But if they don't show up from the get go, they're done. They're done against Brazil. Brazil will put them to the sword. But if they show up from the get-go, they can definitely beat this Brazil side, regardless of who's in their team. So, do you think this? Do you think this Brazil side are too well-rounded and, and playing with a confidence? No. For for Belgium to get at them, well, I guess you know we'll lead into that. What 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 are your predictions? I guess I I can start and and I'll say that yeah, yeah, I I think that that Belgium's you know defensive. Um, holes are, are too significant to to hold out. You know your Neymar, Coutinho, Willian, who who's in who's in great form. Um, you know that this Brazil side just have too much going forward, um, as well as at the back. You know Miranda Miranda's had an incredible tournament. So has Thiago Silva. Marcelo mm-hmm. at the back has been you know arguably one of Brazil's best players, and the way that he can push forward and and add to that attacking flair that Brazil have. I think it's all going to be too much for a. A young budding, you know, but not I say budding, but you know, like you said, this is their this is their time, Belgium, to to step up and prove that they are this that this top cream. But I think that the challenge is is just a little bit too much for them, uh, you know. And you know, they're coming up against the Brazil side, who are yeah. you know probably the the favourites to win the tournament. I've said it from the start. Mm-hmm. And I think Brazil will yeah. just go through and and win this whole thing. Um, so I think I think Brazil will will take them, you know, to the slaughterhouse. And um and really and really um pick yeah. out pick out their holes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I look, I, I can't I can't disagree with you there. Like exactly, you say take them to the slaughter. That's if Belgium don't slow up, show up, slow up. If Belgium don't show up, 
Brazil will take him to the slaughterhouse, without a doubt. But that's the thing. Yeah, like, I, I, originally, you know, I was thinking, I, I was tipping Brazil, and yeah, Brazil's probably one of the favourites to go and win it. Um, but yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to back, I'm going to back Belgium, because I'm going to back that their potential in 2014 is now world class, and it's now experienced. I'm going to, I'm going to back them. This, I'm going to put, I'm going to put it, yeah, you know. Put your money put on them. them. Put my money on them. You know, I'm going to lay my money on the line. And, um, yeah, I mean, look, Brazil should win, you know, over the course of 90 minutes, maybe even 120. But if this Belgian side shows up, they will beat this Brazil side. Um, because at the same time, you know, something we haven't even spoken about, Oli, is that Brazil haven't looked good when teams have actually taken it to them. And... Mexico only 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 managed to do for twenty five minutes, mm. and Mexico looked like they were going to score. Sweden did it for ninety and got a point off them. So if this Belgium side can go out and take it to Brazil, because it's like it's like you saw Man City this year. Man City were fantastic because teams sat back off them and said we're going to try and absorb, we're going to try and absorb, annoy them, and then try and catch them on a the counter or whatever. Liverpool was successful in the Champions League. Um, you know the the other teams that beat that beat City this year. Um, in the league and, and, and in the cup ties like you, you look when they lost to Wigan Wigan were like nah to hell with this we've got no chance if we sit back and try and take it no we're just going to stuff it let's just go at them and see what happens and they weren't ready for that city and this is this is this is the same the Brazil side if, if Belgium go out and take it to them and say nah to hell with you to hell with you winning five World Cups to hell with you being tournament favourites we're going at you we're going to see if you really are tournament favourites well then strange things happen so um, but yeah, look, it'll be a phenomenal game. It'll be fantastic. So, um, you know, it is, that's what makes this World Cup so brilliant. You know, it's just, we'll get fixtures like this and, you know, this could be a fixture that we talk about in 20 years time to our kids, you know? Um, so time will tell, but look, do we want to, um, no, I will add, sorry. Oh, yeah, I will add, I will add that, um, our followers that it was a, it was a split. I think that right now it's at 52% Brazil our votes to 48 Belgium. So, you know, it's um, a game that could go either way. But um, look, let's talk about it's coming home, shall we? England it's versus Sweden. On. Oh, mate. Oh, this, they, like I said, the, 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 this is, oh, mate. I've, I'll <laughs> tell you what, I spent about three hours the other day, Ancestry.com, you name it. Find me some sort of English, English bloody, um, English roots because I'm, I'm uh, I'm all about this hype train at the moment. I don't know about you, but all aboard, uh, mate. My old man's English, so I um I have to. Oh, uh, yeah. there you go, there I'm you on, go. I'm so, on the England train. It's coming oh, home, mate, baby. So, <laughs> no. Oh, mate, geez, oh, I, I honestly, if 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 England if England won this World Cup, I think I'd be, I think I'd be, I'd, I'd resort to tears, just because it would be the most. Like you ask any of my friends, they all say any of my mates, they all say, mate, I love narrative. I love the narrative. And this England side is giving me a fucking narrative. Mm. Like, and it would just be the most, it'd be the most brilliant story about a nation that was piss poor for so long. Finally went into a World Cup thinking, nah, nah, we're probably going to be crap again. You know, we'll, we'll enjoy the while it lasts. We'll enjoy the three games, you know, maybe four. But now, you know. I, I think that's what's helped them is the change oh, of 100%. expectation. Oh, 100%. There's no, that's what we there's said. no yeah, Lampard, Skulls, Gerrard, that that feel the weight of a huge footballing nation on their shoulders, and they're they're just playing with freedom and 
a new form of expression under a new manager, Gareth Southgate, who's bringing in new principles, and they look like they're genuinely enjoying their football. You know, you've got Lingard they look throwing like a team. Up gang signs. You know, these these guys yeah. <laughs> are just playing for the fun of it, and and it's good to yeah, see that brilliant. you know they're they're really enjoying it, and and they've they've given themselves you know this sense of belief. They've written their own narrative. You know, this it's coming home. It's it's gelling with the fans. It's 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 resonating to the players, and they you know you know they they now truly believe that this is something yeah, oh, achievable. Sure. And you know, looking at you know looking at the draw, this is probably the best crack that they've had at it. In, in, you know, God years. knows how long. Years. Yeah, you're right. So, In, in um, years, well, you know, de- decades, like, you know, multiple World Cups. So, and, oh, look, let's, let, let's get into it. Mm. And um, let's look at England first. Um, there's, I guess, the, the biggest negative for England is their injury concerns. Mm. Now, we've got Delhi that's a bit shady. Vardy, you know, we heard that Eric Dyer stepped up and actually took that penalty for Vardy because Vardy had strained his groin. Uh, of some sort, uh, Young's in trouble as well. So let's talk about. Look, I think Delhi will still play. I think they'll have him right, ready to go, maybe for seventy minutes, seventy eighty. Yep. Um, uh, so let's talk about the the biggest one, probably Young, Ashley Young. And um, I thought Danny Rose was was really really positive when he came on the other night. Do you think that he slots in? Um, maybe or or does he or is he or is he like a Delhi Alley? In terms of what well, and Ashley Young, I say, and do you reckon Young only plays seventy minutes, or do you think he'll go with with Danny Rose from the get go? Yeah, I don't think I think there's enough quality in Danny Rose's game. You know, he's a natural left back. It, it's what he's played his whole career as. Um, to and I don't think they will risk Young. Um, this is a do or die game for England. Um, as good as Ashley Young's been, I'd think it's just better off playing a fully fit Danny Rose than a half fit Ashley Young. Um, to mm-hmm. to get the most out of this game, he's got he's got the pace, he's got a delivery on him, um, you know. So uh, Danny Danny Rose is definitely my pick for this game. Um, whether or not Gareth Southgate agrees um, is a completely different thing. And 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 we you know we don't have the finer details of Ashley Young's injury, um, so mm-hmm. so it's really difficult to say. It'll just be sort of what happens on the day. But um, yeah, I guess my pick is is Danny Rose. Yeah, okay. That's yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards that as well. Well look, I think for the England side, I guess the biggest battle the two biggest things I have to worry about is one, getting caught up in the hype, and two is um overlooking overlooking Sweden. Now, I reckon Sweden's biggest strength, I mean you look at that side, there's no world beaters there. Mm. There's talent. There's your Forsbergs, there's your, your Grunkfists who's been fantastic. Um, my player of the lot there has been Toivonen. Um, I think he's been phenomenal uh, for them. I know I said phenomenal way too many times tonight, but I guess at this stage of the tournament, you're only talking about that level of player. That's right. Um, uh, but look, no, Sweden Sweden deserve to be here because I think Sweden are up there in this World Cup. In this eight, I, I'd honestly put Sweden in a top eight uh, in terms of teams, in terms of togetherness. Like you see... Um, I've watched their games and their tight games. You know, against Germany, even you know, so they lost right of the death. Um, you know, they, they, someone breaks away in a game, and their defender, you know, a Swedish defender makes a, makes a crunching challenge. You know, and saves a, you know, maybe a goal, and it goes off for a corner. You see the keepers around them, the, the defenders around them. That if they get around, they're like, they look like such a team, and you know, like they back each other up. They fly in on counters. They. 
you know, if they fly on counters, they make sure they're back because they look like they look like a bunch of mates that have been playing together since they were six. Mm. Well, That's their, what it looks like. Their coach Anderson just... has, has come out and, and he specifically addressed the team morale and, and that they will they they play for each other and, and they're willing to mm. do whatever it takes together to to get it over the line. I mean, you know, there's a strong philosophy within that squad and that um you know that resonates between each of the players, and that's what they play with belief. I guess that you know they're not the most technically gifted players. I mean, Forsberg is. You know, I think Forsberg's probably their best player up there. You know, he can mm-hmm. he can pick out a pass from anywhere, and he and he's really good in tight spaces as well. But um, yeah, no, you're right. They they really do play in unison, um, and which is which is a huge strength. Um, you know, against against a young England side who who also yeah. play in unison. But um, yeah, but you're right. That this really looks like Sweden's strength. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, look, you know, uh, I think it'll be a fan, another another great battle um, in this World Cup. Will be probably or Harry Maguire or John Stones on Grunkvist. You know, big big tall striker can bring a ball down, can score goals. Um, you know, can turn a play, can pick a pass. So that'll be a really really good challenge. I think that'll be. Great to watch, you know, from a neutral point of view. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, look, Sweden might not have the greatest record about against England, but that's then. This is now, and this game, I think, this is probably one of the games, in terms of maybe, I guess you could say across the board, a pretty evenly matched fixture. You know, you look at Croatia, Russia, which we'll get to next. Croatia is probably, you know, you'd probably have to say a clear favourite there or a favourite there. Um, so this game comes down to who wants it more. For me, I don't know about you, Ollie, mm. but rolling heading into your prediction, do you think this is a game of who wants it more? It's hard to say. I, I think that's that's the mentality that Sweden will have to come into the game. Um, f- for England, I think um, you know they they've got so much quality across their their squad. I think you know. If Harry Kane, you know, plays his usual game, I think that Swedish defence is really going to have a hard time trying to to muzzle him out of the game. Um, so look, I think if um, you know if if Harry's on points, this game, yeah, I th- I think this game could be over by half time. But um, look, my predictions have been wrong in this World Cup a, a lot, probably mm-hmm. more more often than not. Um, it, it's been <laughs> quite difficult to to predict accurately as to how these games will pan out. Uh, but for me, look, I think um, England will keep the ball rolling, keep this momentum going, and 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 living in the, excuse me, living in the moment. Um, you know, after a really top performance against against Colombia, um, you know, Jordan Pickford was incredible in the shootout. Um, so I think they'll. Car- how about that save? Oh, Just quickly, mate. how about that save that 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 no one no one's talked about mm-hmm. really? That was ridiculous. Yeah, he. He telegraphed wrong, and then for him to correct himself and, and throw his left arm up like that was, yeah. you know, that's World Cup winning stuff. That exactly, exactly. No, yeah. So look, my pick is um, England. England should just, um, you know, business as usual and and get a, a nice professional job done over the Swedish. But I'd mm-hmm. love to. I'd love to see a tight affair just quietly. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I think it will be a tight affair. Um, if you ask me, I think that. England are the better side, I think, like ball playing side, um, but that the heart of the Swedish uh, is something not to be, pardon the French, not to be fucked with, you know, mm. seriously, because that's what teams have done this World Cup, and 
they've taken look at Mexico. They 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 blitzed Mexico three nil, and they looked brilliant. They looked top quality. So it's um yeah look, but for me look that's uh, I've said England's my pick now just because I'm so much on this hype train. I bought six tickets, you know, and they won and they won. But um yeah look, I think that um like you said, England are writing their own narrative here and um. Yeah, I think that they'll. I think they'll get the job done. And look, I think a big thing for England this tournament, something we spoke about weeks ago when we started this season, was uh, when we had Alex on the show, um, whom I will be watching the game with uh, on Saturday night. Um, you know, we talked about a massive positive for this England side in this World Cup being that there isn't this. You know, Harry Kane's been banging in goals, but it's not like Harry Kane was built up to a Beckham level. Or a Lampard, mm. or a, a Wayne, an eighteen, a ridiculous that they did an eighteen-year-old Rooney, um, in two thousand and six. But as well, it's the first time that they're. You'd say Kane's their central figure. It's the first time that their central figure in a long time in a tournament has actually gone and done the job and scored goals. Yeah, that's right. Like he's top goal scorer. Yeah, he scored pens. So what? He started to tep- he started to step up and and bury them. Um, you know, it's one thing to get a penalty. It's another thing to bury them with confidence, like all the time. Mm. And um. You know, the, it, him banging in goals has almost relieved pressure off him in a, in a way. And because he still scored goals with his head and his feet. And I think that in this tournament with England, who, you know, the media, everyone jumps on the, their, their team so much. Having a, their, their best player for a while actually banging goals and do their job has almost relieved the pressure in the sense that they know that if Harry gets a chance, oh, he's going to put it away mm-hmm. because he's already done it this tournament. It's not them going and thinking, oh, geez, Harry really needs to score today. Like, you know, we really need him to score. You know, he hasn't scored sort of thing, you know, which has been like with your Roonies and your Beckhams and so on in Owens, you know, in, in your other major tournaments. And that's where they've struggled. So, um, yeah. So for me, it's England um, in a tight affair, but I think it could be done in 90, I think, I hope. Um, but without further ado, you know, I will pass on and look, yeah, our, our fans again, look, everyone voted with for England. I think 85% of the votes right now. So, uh, siding with England. Um, but hey, it's been a shock. It's been a tournament full of shocks. So don't get me wrong. Don't be, don't get me wrong. Sweating could go and get the job done. But for me, it has to be England. Mm-hmm. And with that, I will let you, I guess, almost wrap up this show and our final, our final fixture. And that is Croatia versus Russia. So my friend, lead the way. Mm, I guess, barring Sweden, um, these two are probably uh, the biggest underdogs of the of the remaining teams, I guess. Um, you know, everyone knew Croatia were a good squad. I think the the initial expectation was for Croatia to probably finish around second in their group to to mm-hmm. Argentina, who only just scraped through. Um, the roles are reversed there, um, and 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 you know their performances in the group stage, um, as well as you know performance against Denmark. They're um you know they're playing with a a real confidence. A real belief, um, and you know, looking on that right side of the bracket, um, they're they're probably up there with England as as favourites to make the final. If not, you know, I reckon they have enough in them to you know should should they, you know, both make it towards that that um, semi final, um, to I I think they have have it in them to get over England. Um, look, that you know they have arguably contender for player of the tournament in in Luka Modric, um, and you know this. This Croatia team look formidable. They look up for anything. They they play for each other as well. Their defense has looked really well organized, and you know the, the that ability to to smell blood in the water 
and capitalize like they did to Argentina mm. was was a real many winning mentality um, and they've carried that through, throughout the rest of the tournament and um, look this this Russian this sorry this this Croatian team you know this is this is their golden generation you know they, they've got players in the middle like um, like Modric sorry Rakitic um, and and you know players like Ivan Perisic are uh, you know tearing you know blisters down the wing um, mm-hmm. so but you know with that you, you can't rule that against the um, the host nation who have who've almost seemingly cruised through this tournament I guess you know that huge wins over um, Egypt and uh, Saudi Arabia um, and then knocking out you know Spain I think they they just decided in that game to to let Spain have the ball, um, and and play play to their strengths and know that they're going to put up an, an absolute war for the, for the Spanish side. Um, yeah, concede possession and, and just let Spain come at them. Spain was sort of mm-hmm. very one dimensional, and and Russia were able to to frustrate them. And uh, to be honest, I think Russia will go in with with more of the same, yeah, more of the same again. Um, but whether or not that will be enough to get it over this versatile um, Croatian side. Um, I don't know. I think from, um, you know, well, that's that's what I wanted to ask you. Um, we get we get that Russia will probably play the same type of game. Do you think that will fall more into the hands of of this Croatian side? Or, again, it, it, will, uh, it will upset them? I think it might upset them. And, look, I'm not saying it from a, you know, back in the underdog sense because, look, I... Croatia is my favourite. I think Croatia will get this. They, they will win this game. I think they'll finally put the host nation to bed. Um, well, they should at least. Um, but no, I don't think. I, but I, sometimes I don't think it falls into their hands. That's why I think this will be a really, really tight game. I wouldn't be surprised if this goes to penalties again, um, because you look at. Um, so who did Croatia have in the group? They had Iceland, Nigeria, um, and Argentina. So against Iceland. If you give me one moment mm. here, um, I've just forgotten the score. Was it 2-1? I think you're right. I'm looking right now. I have it here. Yes, 2-1. So, that was probably the game they struggled in the most in terms of attritional football because um, Iceland, like a, much like a Sweden, were a, were a great team in terms of backing up each other playing with a lot of heart. And, you know, they, they scraped across the line 2-1. They beat Nigeria. Um, they beat, uh, obviously, Argentina. And they, obviously, they took way too long and obviously ultimately almost lost against Denmark in a penalty shootout. But um, I think they looked quite comfortable for large chunks of that game against Denmark. And I think they... Croatia thrive when they're playing against a team that's playing football. And when I say playing football, playing, you know, expansive, playing, trying to play free-throwing football because mm. it's a bit sort of back and forth. And they can trust in their defence and they've got a pretty confident defensive defensive line at the moment. Um, you know, Lovren leading the way. Um, but this Russian side's very, again, very attritional. They're, and, you know, they've proven that they can sit back and absorb and frustrate teams. Like, look at Spain. What, they put something like a 1,000 passes together. Mm. And, um, you know, Russia only put like 250 together, but they won. You know, I I think Russia were probably the better team that day, because they just frustrated the, they frustrated the hell out of Spain. Spain just had to keep going side to side, side to side, side to side, and it was boring. They didn't really look like in control. And actually, Matt made a good point. Matt, who you know our listeners have heard a couple of times, you know, across the two seasons, 
Mar said something to me the other day when we were um, talking about Russia versus Spain, and he said, just because a team doesn't have the ball doesn't mean they're not in control of a football match. No, that's right. And it's something that I hadn't, to be honest, hadn't thought about quite a lot, and it's in, in the past. Because naturally you'd think a, a team that has the ball is a team that's in control. But this Russian side, that's how they've played this World Cup. Well, the team that has... The, the team that... Oh, it's, it's, has control or, or or doesn't. I guess you, you can have control of a game but still lose it. And I guess that type of football really suits a cup competition Russia. where you can hold out for 90 mm. minutes and really frustrate them, go into extra time. Mm. The other team have, have run out of plan and you can come out and, and blitz them and, and, and take take that one chance that you get and you know, or, or wait for yeah. the penalty shootout and, and flip a coin. You know, and that's yeah, exactly, and, that, and that's what Russia's you know yeah. done against the Spanish. But I think, look, I think, I think that Croatia's quality will be f- too much for for Russia. I think they'll go mm-hmm. in with the same game plan, and and to be able to hold two strong teams out like that for you know two two whole games, you know, barring this goes to extra time, um, I th- I think it's a big ask for them. Um, so so m- I guess my prediction is. Is yeah that that Croatia cruise through this and um, you know probably a, a two 0 win for me personally. Really okay. Mm. Well look yeah look I I think this for me I think this will go deep and look um, look we can't excuse that you know Russia obviously looking at you know a bit of injury concern around uh, Yuri Zhirkov, um, very experienced winger and Samadov and Churchyshov sorry mm. are both a bit you know how you going you <laughs> know should we say. Um, in terms of fitness wise, but um, I don't think Russia will will struggle without Zhirkov though. You know they've got Cherishev. No, no, Cherishev. Oh, Cherishev. And, you know, he, fantastic. You know he's he's scored a few goals and and, and yeah. still not being able to Zuba. start. So oh, yeah, Zuba has been pivotal for them. One of the as well, players. So. Yeah, another another player that you know that's probably honestly like one another like, you know, may not be back, you know scoring five four or five goals, but assisting a lot. But he's probably been one of the players of the tournament. Like he causes havoc. Mm. Golovin's been. I think Golovin's put himself up in lights in terms of, you know, other clubs around, you know, looking at this because he's been fantastic. So, look, I, I think that Russia's biggest strength is one that they're the host nation. And on, on a personal note, I don't know about you, Ollie, but I think the World Cup is all the more special when the host nation mm-hmm. has it has goes goes far, has it has a serious crack. And you know, you think about the last one, Brazil, you know, almost pulled off the miracle. Not not the miracle, but, you know, they almost wrote the, you know, the exceptional narrative of going all the way, uh, you know, in their, in their host, in their, in their own country, in their own backyard. Same as Germany in 2006. Um, and, you know, 2010, South Africa were going the group stage and it almost kind of took an edge off the World Cup. Um, you know, that's why one of the, like one of the, you know, fantastic, one of the greatest World Cups, oh, two, you know, South Korea, one of the hosts made mm. it to the semi-final and it was you know it was brilliant it was it was awesome and that's why i think it's great to see look on a personal it's great to see that russia's gone this far already i think they've exceeded everyone's expectations um and that's their biggest strength their confidence mm. without a doubt and if croatia again like i've said you know about other games the longer this the longer that russia are in this game the more and more chance they have of winning it. So Croatia, if Croatia get one early and silence the crowd, you're right, this could be 2-0, could be 3, maybe even 4. They could 
put them to bed early. Yeah. But that's what I feel. That's what I feel they have to do. If not, they'll be dragged into the exact game they don't want to play. And this could be a game that's a nil all or a one all that ends up in a penalty shootout again and a flip of a coin. So, um, yeah, you, I, I don't know. To be honest, this game, I, I can't pick. Um, I think Croatia will, but I can't definitively say I think Croatia is going to win because I, I, I honestly don't know. That, that's my prediction that, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't know. Mm. Well, I guess you, we, Croatia, we could have really give a definitive answer for any of them. The way that this tournament's panned out, I, I don't have any confidence mm-hmm. in any of my predictions, to be honest. Um, that, yeah. You know, who I think will win and who I want to win are, are two different things. Um, well, I guess looking at them all, do you, do you think any of them could end in an upset? Um, I mean, Uruguay, yeah. France. I mean, there's, two. there's not really like a a favourite and a and two an for me could there. end in an upset. Two for me in an upset. Uruguay would be a big upset mm. if they. But beat but that's what I'm saying. Is it much of an upset? I mean, yeah. If Uruguay, France, France are probably the favorite. France, France and Brazil are the favourites, like by far. Look, uh, actually, no, you know what? No, because people are saying, you know, like, like I've said, people will say that, uh, you know, France were the favourites, but Uruguay are a pain in the ass, sort mm. of thing. You know what I mean? I think Belgium beating Brazil is more of an upset because if Belgium beats Brazil, people will go, shit, Belgium are a team. Mm. Like, Belgium are a, are a serious, and they will be because they're in the semi final, but, you know, in terms of the scope of world football, people will say, shit. Like, yeah, they'll, they'll put Belgium on themselves. the map. And knocking out and, the favourites, so yeah, and I think that um, I'm not even gonna say Russia because if Russia beat Croatia, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but it's an because upset. Just so, yeah, it's an upset, but so is Uruguay. But you wouldn't be surprised there if Russia beat Croatia. For me, I don't think I don't think that's a massive upset. Well, that's what I was saying before. It, it's the World Cup. Like, yeah, there's they're, they're exactly not, they're not really Sweden beating England's more of an upset for yeah, me. Yeah, definitely. Sweden beating but England for can sure. Can that happen? Yeah, well, mate, I'm licking my lips at the prospect of England-Russia. Semi-final. Oh, Two countries that absolutely scenes. hate each other's guts. Scenes. I mean, after, you know, the scenes in Marseille uh, two years ago at the at Euros. Oh, oh, mate, what a fixture that'd be. But um, look, with that, I, I know I said I know we said 30 to 40 minutes, but Ollie, there's just too much to talk about. Oh, mate. How long did we actually go for? I think we're at about 50, 50 odd minutes now. Oh, that's so right. uh, I do apologise, but look, hopefully people have finished this off in their lunch break. So um, to everyone listening, um, there will be a few posts out. You know, as, as we wrap up the show now, there will be a few a few posts leading up to this game. Please give us your thoughts. It is, it does make these things like our voting, our votes on those polls. Um, it does make these episodes so much easier for us. It gives us stuff to talk about and people's views as well. So um we do ask you please keep commenting and let us know your thoughts we'd love to get you um more and more involved um our listeners uh in the coming weeks and especially heading into season three with uh you know all european leagues kicking back up so um so much Ollie, football sh- to talk about mate oh mate i'm sure that when we sit down on monday night and recap these games and look at a semi-final i know we're going to think i know for a fact we're going to sit down and say yeah our predictions were wrong mm. We'll bring them up so, again. We'll... Yeah, for sure, for sure. But, um, mate, um, with that, I'll say thank you very much. No and, worries, my um, friend. Thanks, thanks for tonight. To our, to our listeners, um, I'm sure this episode, you'll re- you can re-listen to this after those quarterfinals and think, what a bunch of idiots. They had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> um, Why do they but, uh, with a that, podcast? Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, with that, Oliver, I will say goodnight, and uh, I will see you on Monday night. See you then, mate. Thank you. See you, mate. Ciao. Bye.